Welcome to the Clubhouse with Shane Bacon. I'm your host, Shane Bacon. This episode of the Clubhouse with Ashley Mayo is, of course, brought to you by Ogio. We just got back from a trip to Scotland. I talked about it last week on the podcast with Bones, and I will chat about it again right now. But I wanted to mention the serious golf bag that I took with me from Ogio. The thing weighs 3.2 pounds. 3.2 pounds. You can even lift that, I bet. Very, very light. I took my Ogio bag. It was the first time I took my Cirrus bag with me, took it across the pond. Caddies were very, very happy with me. It's the lightest golf bag that Ogio makes, and it's absolutely perfect for a golfer that loves to travel and loves to play golf and loves to walk, especially when it's hot like it is in the summertime right now. It's 118 degrees in Phoenix. You don't sacrifice pocket space for a weightless feel, and even though I tried to bog my bag down with an umbrella and rain gear and all that good stuff, it still was light, and the caddies weren't mad at me. They actually liked me a little bit. That's the Cirrus bag from Ogio. You can check out that and all their products at Ogio.com, O-G-I-O dot com. And I mentioned Ashley Mayo. She's coming up. First time she's ever been on the clubhouse. It's actually pretty surprising. You're going to mention a couple of times at least episode 72. This, of course, is episode 73. That's because we recorded this last week, and then the news came out that Bones landed the job with NBC, and so he was kind enough to jump on the clubhouse with us, so we wanted to get that one up as quick as possible. So uh, Ashley and I actually may have had this conversation last week just talking about our trip to Scotland and, and her first time across the pond. Of course, she, as you know, if you follow her on social media, loves golf and loves seeing new places and checking out new golf courses. And, of course, Scotland was something on her bucket list for a long, long time. A lot of fun. Really uh, just basically happy I was invited on the trip, able to squeeze it in during the USGA scheduling that's been uh, you know, a busy one as it is over the summer. Mention, you know, I wanted to mention that. U.S. Women's Open. We're here in New Jersey. It gets going on Thursday morning on FS1, 2 to 7 p.m. Eastern, Thursday and Friday. That's FS1. And then on the weekend, we go to Big Fox, also 2 to 7. Tune in. The golf course is a big, big golf course. It's uh, Players are all talking about how long it's going to play, some 6,700 yards. But the fairways don't really roll out here at Trump National Bedminster. I mean, the balls are kind of landing and sticking, so it's going to be a, a it's going to be a test, that's for sure. You're hearing length. That's what you keep hearing these players talk about over and over and over again. It's going to be interesting. I'm hosting the first two days along with our Wednesday show. If you catch this early enough on Wednesday, you'll be able to check that show out. That'll be on FS1 as well. But we're excited. This is uh, the, the, the biggest event in women's golf, and it's going to be a big, big event for sure, and, and just happy to be involved as well. As always... Uh, If you haven't signed up for our Clubhouse newsletter, get on that. Do that thing right now. Go to the Twitter page, at the Clubhouse Pod. The link is uh, right atop the page. I pinned it right there on top for you. Or you can go to ShaneBaconGolf.com, and we have all the past issues of the Clubhouse newsletter and a place where you can subscribe at the very bottom of that page. That's a new website. I have a website now. It's 2017. I finally did it. But enough about me. Uh, I'm prepping and getting ready for uh, our Wednesday show, and then basically getting ready for uh, for two days of coverage on FS1 as we uh, get rolling on the U.S. Women's Open. It's going to be a fun one. But let's get to our chat with Ashley Mayo, talking Scotland golf, uh, my favorite place to go play golf in the entire world. And we now welcome into the clubhouse. For the first time, I was thinking about this. It's, it's really strange that this is the first time we're doing this. Ashley Mayo, senior editor at Golf Digest. And Ashley, when I was writing down senior editor, I was thinking, you can't be senior editor. You're, you're so young. How long have you been at Digest? Well, thank you, Shane. <laughs> Very kind of you. Uh, and whenever I tell people that I've been at Digest for 10 and a half years, 
They asked me if I started when I was 18 or you know 15. You know, they, they just looked very surprised. Uh, but I had been there for 10 and a half years. I started when I was 21, uh, and I'm 32 now. So I feel like you know my adult life has been Golf Digest, and yeah. it's been a lot of fun. And, and, and somebody that likes the game and still loves the game, maybe loves the game even more, it's a good place to land. Also, something special about this episode, you're on the even par episode. This is number 72. I think that makes sense since uh, wow. you, you, you tend to you tend to make a lot of pars. On a scale from 1 to 72, how was your first ever Scotland golf experience? Oh, my gosh. Well, it was under par. <laughs> nice, nice. I like that. I, I, I should feel like, you know, it shouldn't be 73. I would, I would normally say on a scale of 1 to 10, it was like an 11. Um, but I feel like it was, it was a 68. Yeah, I mean, it was... Scotland was 68. <laughs> it, it, it was a place you've been excited to go to for a long time. And, and a backstory for people that don't know, Ashley set up a trip with some of her friends and some people in the industry. I was lucky enough to be invited to go. And it was a quick trip across the pond. We played, uh, well... The, the lineup was Cruden Bay, Carnoustie, Old Course, Ely, Kings Barnes. Uh, we had a new course jubilee kind of evening, interesting, you know, post 6 p.m. tee off with a few of us. I think there was a five ball at one point. Hopefully St. Andrews won't yell at us. And we ended at North Berwick, uh, included Kings Barnes in there as well. And we were supposed to play all those golf courses. Sadly, um, I'm not smart enough to book a plane ticket myself, so I missed the first <laughs> round. But... As, you know, you, you've done golf all across the United States. I mean, you've played some of the best golf courses in the world and gone to some of the coolest resorts. How does Scotland golf after the trip, you know, compare to going to a band in dunes, going to a stream song? Yeah, it was so different. Um, and the reason why I had been talking about planning a trip to Scotland for about three years before finally, you know, calling you guys and making it happen and, you know, kind of putting the whole trip together. Um, and I think some of my biggest fears revolved around, you know, I, I've only just recently started traveling internationally on a fairly regular basis. I go maybe one or two trips a year now internationally, and that never used to be the case. Um, so kind of crossing the pond always gave me the jitters because, you know, currencies and languages and customs, you know, I just don't know what to expect. It, it, it kind of, uh, it weighed heavily on me. Uh, where where it should not. Traveling internationally is almost the same as traveling domestically. It's really shockingly easy and simple. Um, and then also the old course. That's what also gave me pause is I didn't want to go all the way to Scotland and kind of bring seven friends with me without knowing for sure that we would play the old course. Um, and, and securing a tea time in, in advance is um, all but impossible. Um, you you helped us in that regard with securing one for them, but the uh, yeah, because you're a rock star. <laughs> um, but you know that other for them um, had to do it the tried and true way of getting up, uh, setting their alarms at two thirty a.m. and and waiting in line. And you know they they got very lucky uh, in that they did secure a seven a.m. four ball, uh, so they were, they were all able to play together and they had an amazing experience. Um, but not knowing that was going to happen ahead of time just kind of uh, also weighed heavily on me. Um, so there were a few things to, to consider and to get over. And I'm so glad I did because um, traveling there, it, it really was a lot simpler. And the, the benefits totally outweighed the, the pauses um, ahead of time. So uh, I, would, I would absolutely recommend Scotland. Um, you know, it's raw. It's as raw as you're going to get. And if you like that raw beauty, uh, you're, you're going to love Scotland. 
Yeah, Ash, and before we get into really kind of the specifics and, and things you learned and such, I did want you to tell the story. We got a chance to play the, the old course. I think we teed off at 3.30, let's say a Saturday, and, uh, and, and your boyfriend and a couple of people had to, as you mentioned, go about it the old-fashioned way. So just tell people what that means and, and what that entails for people that go to St. Andrews without knowing they'll play the old course, what they have to do. Yeah, so you and I played on a Friday afternoon. Uh, and they then said, okay, we're going to try to play on Friday afternoon as well. Uh, but if we don't get that, we're going to wake up early and play on Saturday. So the way they tried to secure tea times on that Friday afternoon was entering the uh, ballot system online. Uh, and you can do that 48 hours in advance of when you'd like to play. And it basically just means entering your name, your I think your email or your phone number, some kind of contact information, as well as who you want to play with. Um, so four of us did it, and we uh, included our own names and then one playing partner. So eight in total. Because the other, there was one foursome already secure, but that foursome was willing to give up their spot if you know another person won this ballot entry. So it was kind of like all eight of us were in it together. Um, but... Lo and behold, none of us won that ballot. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and such, such is life. Um, so it goes. And that, that's when they realized. Um, I, I think the, the winners get posted online at 5 p.m. every night uh, for the next day's uh, tea time. So we, we checked it eagerly and double-checked it and triple-checked it. One. So that's when they realized, okay, we're just going to wake up at 2.30 a.m., walk over to the old course. We were staying at an Airbnb, like a block and a half away from the old course. So that was fantastic. We can get to that later too. I, I think Airbnb <laughs> is totally the way to go. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and that's what they did. They woke up. I kind of remembered uh, Jeff, my boyfriend waking up and leaving, but, <laughs> uh, but it was really early in the morning. And, um, and, you know, I, I eventually met up with them at 5am, but, uh, he got there at 3.10, and the three others that he wanted to play with got there at about 3 o'clock, uh, 3 a.m. And so there were numbers 5, 6, 7, and 9 in line. So think about that. I mean, they, they got there at 3 a.m. Uh, and waited, and, and four people were already ahead of them. <laughs> and it was, um, it, was, it was not warm. I mean, it was chilly. It like, was pe- people don't understand. Like, it is not – this isn't – you're not sitting in a room – you know, having coffee, relaxing. I mean, this is, you know, two and a half, three hours of sleep. They just played 36 holes. And it's, of course, not, you know, I mean, you're walking. You're, you're going to be a little exhausted. And they got two hours of sleep. And they sat out there basically from 3 a.m. till, what, 6.30, 6. And they get told. And they, they had about an hour and a half to go, you know, take a shower, get your golf clubs, get yourself set. I mean, it's it's a very old school, you know, throw the your golf ball in a pipe and, and sit in the parking lot way of doing it. But Again, that it adds to what the old course is about, really. I mean, that's kind of the system you have to go through. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's kind of where they stand. It is outdoors, and it's almost like there's this vortex of wind just whipping around, <laughs> which makes it even seem colder than it is. Um, and, and you have to kind of stay around that area. So it's not like you can go and put your name down on a list and then leave. You have to just wait there outside. Uh, so they got there at 3, and then um, the people inside opened the doors at 6 a.m. 
So they waited three hours. Um, it was windy and cold. Uh, but once they opened the doors, it was almost as if, you know, I got there at 5 a.m. and everyone was in a bad mood. <laughs> like they didn't want to see it. They, they didn't want to see me. They were freezing. They were hungry. Um, and as soon as the doors opened at 6 a.m. and that like thought or that possibility of getting a tea time and playing the old horse re-enter their minds, you could just see everyone just come back to life. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, and it, then, I mean, it's, it really is like, I mean, you know, we've talked about golf courses and I think the point you brought up is, is such a great one to start when you said, you know, the fear was that you might not get a chance to play there. And I think that is a scary thought because, you know, when you play the old course and you play 17 and 18 and you're walking, you know, over the bridge and you take your pictures and you're kind of walking up this, you know, it, it's almost like a Coliseum like feeling. I mean, when I caddied yeah. there, my favorite thing was to walk like 20 feet behind my player and just watch them because, you know, 70 years old, 15 years old, whatever they are, it's just a big smile on their face. I mean, you're really playing something that, you know, you've dreamed about doing for, for such a long time. So, you know, two hours of sleep, two hours of sleep, 10 hours of sleep, whatever it is, it's an exciting feeling to, to, to know that's going to be an opportunity that you're about to have in four and a half, five hours. Oh, for sure. And, and like I said, these guys, at least my crew, my, the foursome, um, they were freezing, they were cranky, <laughs> uh, but as soon as and they were willing at that point to all play by themselves with three others that they didn't know to get, you know, paired up with um, in, in various pairings and foursomes uh, because they, they, they kind of uh, thought or assumed that that's what would happen uh, considering their luck and, and considering the fact that that's usually what does happen. Foursomes generally don't play together when they get there that early in the morning. Um, so to see the expressions on their faces, and their body language, when the woman behind the desk said, actually, you know, the four ball at 7 a.m. canceled late last night. Uh, so you guys are all playing together at 7 a.m. in an hour. You know, get your stuff and get ready. <laughs> uh, they, they were just so excited. Uh, and, you know, they, they, would, they would have hugged anyone at that, at that moment. Um, and, and to play together uh, at 7 a.m., and be able to play that afternoon round that they had scheduled uh, was just a dream come true for them. And it happens more often than you might realize. Um, so basically, the three years that I thought, oh, I'm not going to go to Scotland because I might not be able to secure a tea time at the old course, was all for not. You should not be, no one should be afraid that they're not going to play the old course. Yeah. If you're, especially if you're a single. If you're playing by yourself, it- I, I, I say that to a lot of people. I feel like there's the they almost instill a little bit of fear in you because they just want you to know there's a chance you won't play. But, I mean, I, I walked up there. I was there my first time I ever went to St. Andrews. I think it was 2006. I was with my uncle. We played the old course. And the next day we were supposed to play Carnoustie, and it was one of those days. You know, those days where it was raining sideways. It was blowing 40. It was cold. Oh. And my uncle just goes, I don't want to play golf in this. And he's like, you know, I mean, I know I'm here, but – I don't really feel like playing in this, and I think I'm just going to relax and, and enjoy my morning. So I walked down to, to the to the starter shed, and I said, you know, I want to put my name in, and I was on the tee in like 12 minutes. <laughs> I played with, you know, three oh, guys from, from Denmark that, you know, spoke decent English, and I had a great time. I mean, I, I was playing it again. So it, it, like, you, like you said, it's not as crazy. I did want to say, when did you – I wanted to ask you, when did you start the planning? When did you start, you know, day one – Here's where we're going to go. Here's where we're going to play. And how did you kind of decide on the golf courses and where you felt like the group would want to play? Yeah, so that was also an interesting uh, kind of process that 
held me back for, for a few years um, in, in conjunction with the old course fear. Uh, but basically, my first uh, plan of action was around November, uh, November 2016, and we went late June 2017. So November was when I started thinking, who might be interested in going? You know, who would be excited about it? Um, what collection of seven of my friends would get along with each other? And, you know, it started thinking about who I might want to spend my first <laughs> Scotland experience with. Um, and all those things matter. I, you know, I, I have always valued who I play golf with and who I spend time with more than the destination. Um, and, and so that mattered a lot to me. And so I, come, I came up with uh, the seven of you. And actually, all seven of you were not even the reserve people. So I had my reserve of <laughs> people <laughs> who uh, would, would come, come into the group if uh, one of the seven of you said, you know, timing doesn't work out or no, I can't do it. Um, but all seven of my first choices said, yeah, totally in. <laughs> didn't didn't um, have so to, didn't have to go to the reserve pool. That's always nice. No, no, no reserves this time around. Um, and, and so that was around November. Uh, and in December is when I, I actually reached out to, to Rue McDonald, um, who works on the tourism board at, in Scotland and basically just asked him, you know, help me kind of just map out a great itinerary for four days in Scotland. You know, where should we start? Uh, how should we travel down the coast? Uh, and what courses are, you know, would be worth our while for, in terms of variety, I wanted, you know, challenging, but also fun, as well as really well known, but also not well known at all. Um, and gems that we felt like we would be discovering, even though they've been there for 400 years. You know? <laughs> um, so, so he really uh, helped me in that regard, in, in terms of helping me realize what courses I should consider. Um, and so that was around December. Um, and then I started buying tea times in February. So that's another thing that totally caught me off guard uh, that we don't have in the States is you have to pay for some of these tea times in full or for, for some of the green fees in full uh, months before you ever tee off. Um, and, and a lot of those fees are non-refundable. Um, so the, the courses that come to mind are Carnoustie, you have to pay ahead of time, North Berwick, um, and, and King's Barnes. And King's Barnes is quite hefty at, you know, $300. <laughs> well, that's a hit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and un an unintended benefit to that is by the time June came around and we actually played, we felt like we were playing free golf. Right, exactly. It's like <laughs> getting expense checks. Months ahead of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when yeah. you get the expense check, you're like, wow, look at this. It's free money. And you're like, and I actually already paid for this like four months oh, ago. <laughs> so so what, what, what would you say, looking back on the planning and preparation and all that stuff, What's something you did that you're glad you did? And what's something you did that you probably would tell people not to do? Yeah. So I'm very glad that I booked the tea times before booking accommodations and flights. Uh, I think that's a key progression is you really need to lock down those tea times. Um, and one thing I, I suppose I wish I would have done. Well, there's two things. Um, one is, I now understand why uh, organizations like Perry Golf and Car Travel uh, exist. You know, these organizations that kind of help you really uh, do all the logistics work for you. Um, you basically just tell them, hey, this is my budget. 
uh, this is how many days, how many people, and and then they come back with itineraries that you can pick from, and then they take care of the rest. <laughs> uh, so that, you know, in hindsight, that might have been very nice. I'm kind of glad that I, I did it, you know, without them maybe the first time just to see what it was like to kind of do it on my own uh, with a little gu- guidance from Rue McDonald. Uh, he is fantastic. Uh, and and without his knowledge of mapping out, helping that, me map out the progression of courses to play, um, I would have been, you know, just totally lost. Uh, so a car travel or, or uh, a Perry Golf uh, might be interesting to use in the future if I ever go again. Right. Uh, but but another thing is those uh, locking in those non-refundable key times. Uh, one of them, unfortunately, you know, caused a little bit of headache when we did get secure one foursome at the old course. It was an afternoon before we were scheduled to play it uh, on our itinerary. Uh, so unfortunately, we had to drop Aberdeen from our itinerary to kind of work around that old course key time. Uh, and and that was entirely unfortunate. I've heard nothing but fabulous things about Aberdeen. Uh, and that was one of those that was, you know, a non-refundable uh, tea time. And luckily, after a little bit of discussion, <laughs> uh, they were able to refund me. But, you know, it was, it was something I had to ask for and um, that I felt kind of uncomfortable asking for because I was fully aware that it was non-refundable. Right. Um, and they, I don't know that they would do that, you know, for for a lot of people. So, you know, I I would just, I think in the future, I would really firm up that itinerary before paying for the tea times. Yeah. Uh, That's, that's definitely something I learned. Well, you know, it's it's interesting when you plan these things out. And you said it. I mean, when you go to Bandon, when you go to, you know, Cabot or Streamsong, and, you know, you, you plan the trip, I feel like when you get there, and, and Bandon's a little different because, I mean, it is just a relaxed feel. But, you know, when you get there, if you want to move something around and they have the the, the availability to do it, they'll do it. I mean, I've, I've gone over there before oh, yeah. and said, you know, Pacific Screen's, you know they're not they're not rolling like they they usually do. I'd like to play old Mac in the afternoon, and they go, okay, yeah, cool, we got you on at two thirty. I mean, they don't even care. I mean, there's no fee or anything like that. So you know when you go over there and like you said, everything's been locked in for six months, and you're trying to switch something around. It's not as easy as it could be, but I think that the firming up the itinerary is incredibly important, and for whatever reason, it's really important in Scotland because. It's not easy to get to these places either. People think it's really convenient to get to Cruden Bay or to get to Carnoustie. I mean, it's a hike. I mean, you're in a in a van driving around these small roads and and curves and roundabouts and all that stuff. And if you're driving by yourself on the wrong side of the road, I mean, it's a pretty stressful time on the road. You know, it's it's not the easiest thing. Oh, you yeah. went to Turnberry after our trip. I mean, you're driving down that that road with the with the dirt walls on both sides. I mean, it it's you know you're it's pretty nerve wracking if you're not used to driving on that side of the road. So I, I think one of the important things I always tell people about a Scotland trip is do East Coast or West Coast, but don't try to do both. You know because when you do, yeah. you're almost traveling too much and you're exhausting yourself on the roads. Also, there are I have realized now two ways to do Scotland. You can do it um, the way we did it and kind of be a nomad and constantly pack and unpack and switch locations and travel around. And by the way, our, our driver, Colin, uh, from the Luxury Coach, I think the Luxury Coach Collection, yeah. <laughs> uh, he was awesome. And, and that was fabulous to have a big van uh, drive all eight of us with all our stuff uh, from course to course uh, because it gave us time to chat about our round, to sleep, to use Wi-Fi, and that was just priceless. Um, but 
yeah, you know, you could either do that and travel and get up to Crudon Bay and Carnoustie. Uh, but I also realized you can literally stay in St. Andrews right. and have one hell of a Scotland Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All the stuff we played around there, and I mean, we didn't even touch some of the one. You know, we didn't even touch uh, any of the Fairmont courses or, you know, London Links or Lady Banks or any yeah. of these little gyms. That's what's fun. Like, like I liked Ely, and, and I was going to bring up Ely. You know, we played Love Ely you. in the afternoon, and he was blowing 40 or 50, but... You know, it's just such a gem. And, I mean, you're not going to read about it in a lot of magazines and stuff like that. But, you know, you're just out there playing Lynx golf in the truest form in these, you know, brutal conditions. But you're enjoying yourself for whatever reason. If you were at home and it was blowing like that, you and I would not be playing golf, you know. But you're on the road no, and you're supposed no. to be doing that. That was the windiest round of my life. And I cannot believe you shot 76. Oh, <laughs> we, we will omit what you yelled at me when you found out what we what yes. I shot in the pro shop. But let me just say it was, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was the most memorable moment of the trip is when you walked in there and Jeff goes, he shot 76 and you just gave me a stare. When you look back at the, at the week and you look at the itinerary and the courses you played, is there one that stands out to you? I mean, is it going to be the old course? Is there, is there like a one B of a golf course that if you were telling people to go over there, you say you've got to play here. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Well, that my answer for that question would be North Eric. Uh, I think that was a course that I had shockingly heard very little about before planning this trip and putting it together. Um, you know, at that point I had, I had been working at golf digest for almost 10 years <laughs> and I just heard very little about North Eric for some reason. But you play it, and you're like, oh, my goodness, this is the third oldest golf course in the world. It has design features that I've never seen anywhere else. It has the original Redan hole, the most copied golf hole in all of golf. You know, it, it, it has all these things, and, you know, it kind of has that old course feel in that it ends, it starts and ends into a city, uh, and it, it's right there. Uh, and it was just gorgeous and so memorable. Um, that, that would be the one force that I would say, Hey, if you go to Scotland, you've got to put this on your map. You might not think you do, but you, or your itinerary. Um, but you, you've really got to put this on your itinerary. Yeah. I called my dad and told him the same thing. I said, I said, when we go to Scotland next time, that's going to be our first stop. You know, when you get off the plane at Edinburgh, yeah. you get in your car, you drive, whatever it'd be 30, 35 minutes East. And we're playing there first. It, it was, I'm with you. I, I lived in Scotland and I never played there. I mean, it was, it was such a surprise. It was so enjoyable. Listen, the wind blew there too. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like it was calm conditions. I mean, it blew hard, but yeah. I would say it's, it's probably the, of 18 holes, maybe the most unique 18 holes in golf that I've ever played. I mean, when you think about the, the wall that goes through it, you mentioned one in 18, the first hole you hit six iron, six iron. It's like, you know, you never do that in American golf history, but it just had all these, it goes par five, par three, par five, par five. I mean, you know, again, these are, this is not a regular type of, of feature you're going to see in American golf, but I think with all those things mixed together, it was, it was, I'm with you. It was the one that really, really stood out in my mind as a golf course that I'm excited to go play again. Yes. Yeah, I'm excited to play that one again. I would play it every single time I go to Scotland. And even if I go, you know, 30 more times, which is not going to happen, I would, I would play it 30 more times because I feel like that's the kind of course, it's so unique and so interesting that it would play so differently from round to round. Um, so it would keep you on your toes. Yeah, it's, it was great. It's unique. You know, Ely with that periscope on the first hole. <laughs> and, you know, that was also a quirky little course. And, you know, not not expensive. 
Um, they don't know how good they are. It's like that guy who's a really good-looking guy who doesn't know how good-looking he is. <laughs> <laughs> it's the perfect combo. You know, it's very, it's not pretentious at all. It's very kind of come one, come all atmosphere and totally exposed to the elements. Uh, so, you know, be prepared for that. But, you know, it's about 15, 20 minutes away from Scotland, from St. Andrews, and it was a lot of fun. A, a big surprise as well. I would say that the most memorable moment besides what you told me at Ely after was, um, you know, when you're playing <laughs> golf in Scotland, you don't ever know what time it is. I mean, it, it's like you're in a different world. I mean, they're, like, they're basically oh they shouldn't even have a 24-hour clock. Like, it is, you, it's 10 p.m., it's 2 a.m., it all looks the same. I mean, it's just light all the time. And uh, we'd finish a couple of days. I mean, we were finishing golf at like 9.30 at 10 p.m., finishing yeah. our rounds. And we went over, we played a, we played a little... Uh, half new course, half jubilee, mix in and out kind of little fivesome game that was pretty fun. And we walked over to the Jigger Inn, and we were going to order food. And, you know, we just didn't even realize that food was done serving, so we had to order Domino's. And let's just say, best best Domino's you've ever had? Easily, right? Easily, yeah. The Domino's <laughs> in the States, it kind of tastes like it's, it's partially made with plastic. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I'm convinced that Domino's in the States is made with a little bit of plastic. <laughs> um, but no, that Domino's pizza was amazing in Scotland. I don't think it's the same Domino's. No, it's, I'm, I'm it's, convinced it's, it's higher quality. It's not. We had. Do we have two random people eating pizza with us that night that that also had kind of gone through the same thing? I think we gave two people yes, besides our group. Uh, Domino's. So if, if you're ever in Scotland and it's late night and you're having a scotch and you realize you can't get food anywhere. Uh, this and this is not sponsored by Domino's. You can always call Domino's, and they will bring it right over. Yeah, and they'll bring it to the Digger Inn. They'll bring it right Which to it. Amazing, <laughs> and it was cheap. It was actually pretty reasonable. It might have been the cheapest thing on the trip. Did Did you have a Did you have a moment or you know a hole that that's going to stick out in your memory as one that that you won't soon forget? Well, I'm gonna just the, the first thing that came to mind when you just asked that, and these weren't pre-planned questions. Um, the 18th in North Derrick, you know, walk off eagle. Oh gosh, how about that? How about that? Walk that off was two. Pretty cool. Unbelievable. I mean, it's, um, it was the moment of the trip, really. I mean, you know, you 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 set this whole thing up. Everybody has a great time. Everybody's enjoying themselves. Our last round, basically, you know, as we're on our way out. I mean, our flights were, were the next day. Most of us were, and uh, in the last hole, as you mentioned, is a par four. You hit driver. I mean, what'd you hit it? maybe 15 yards short and left and you putted it, which was great. Yeah. And you pulled putter. Oh yeah. No, I pulled putter from everywhere. I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. Uh, but you know, seriously, uh, to answer your question, uh, I think that the road hole at the old course was the most fun hole that I played. Um, just kind of aiming over the O in course uh, on that sign, the old course hotel uh, and just trusting that line was the first step of that journey. But also that green, <laughs> the green looks flat, but it breaks more than most greens out there. Right. It was incredible. I, I'm really not sure how it breaks, but um, that that was a really fun hole to play. Yeah, it's it's just you know, I mean, you're you're standing on the tee knowing you're playing the most famous hole in the world. I mean, there's I don't really think that there's any argument there. I mean, I don't think a pebble hole or an Augusta hole or anything like that is going to stand out. I mean, 17 at the, at the old course, anybody that's played golf internationally knows it. And, uh, and like you said, it's, it's a golf hole that's not going to be built in 2017 or 2010 or 1990. It's just, you know, you're not going to hit over a shed with a hotel right there. They're just not going to do it. And, uh, it's like you said, basically from start to finish when you start that hole and knowing 18s right there, I, I, I think if it was 18, it wouldn't be as fun. 
But knowing you have a little bit of a break in 18, if you do make a bogey right. or a double, knowing you might be able to get one back, uh, it's it's just, you know, I mean, like you said, it has it, it it got to be, you know, a, a best hole in the world uh, argument for sure. But um, so will you go back to Scotland soon? I mean, it, it, do you feel like it's a place that you could take, you know, a three or four year break and go back? I mean, even as obsessed with golf as you are? Yeah, you know, I, in a way, going to Scotland and experiencing what it was like to put that trip together and then finally doing it, it was fantastic. Um, but it, it does help me appreciate what Bandon Dunes is or Cabot or these destinations that are to Uber golf destinations that gives you a taste of what it's like uh, to play overseas because they are real link golf courses. Um, but you don't, you don't have to deal with the international travel, which as I mentioned before, is actually should not be as daunting as it might be for most people. Um, and, and, and everything is right there. You don't have to deal with travel, um, larger groups. You know, this, this was a group of eight, uh, groups of eight do, you know, the logistics around that are a lot easier to deal with when you go to a destination that has all your golf right there and all your accommodations. Um, so, you know, as far as going back to Scotland, definitely. I will be back and I will look forward to it because it was amazing. And you don't, you will never get that in the States, no matter how much these uh, Uber destinations try to replicate it or, or bring it to the States. Um, so I will absolutely be back, but it might be in like five years. Right. You know, it's not going to be a once a once a year kind of thing like, Bandon has been since 2013 for me. I've gone once a year uh, because it's just so good. So yeah, you, you uh, don't have to drive. It's just you know driving is stressful. I mean, you you live in New York City, which means you don't get you don't have to drive much. You know, during your regular weeks, but you travel a lot. You get rental cars. Driving isn't easy, and the fact that you can go to a place and park and not have to worry about it for the whole week is extremely yeah. underrated. And this isn't just Bandit. I mean, you do the same thing at Streamsong. I mean, you could do it at Prairie. I mean, you can do it at Cabot. There there are a lot of places Soon where this Sand is a thing. Valley. You can yeah. do it. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's just, I just think there's there's that, that not having the drive thing is just so underrated. And when you get up in the morning knowing that, you know, your tea time's at 8 and it's 7.20 and you have no stress to get there, that that's actually a, an added value as well. I mean, it's it's funny, but... I mean, Scotland is is the second home to me, and I and I I'm I first appreciate you inviting me, and second, I'm glad we got a chance to chat about it because it was a lot of fun. Uh, Ashley, what's your next trip? What do you got planned up? I mean, are you going to be at the Open? Or are you going to PJ Championship? What do you got coming up? Uh, I might be at the Open. That's TBD, but I might be there for a few days early in the week. Uh, and Bandon in August. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm actually going with my twin sister for the first time. She and I learned how to play golf together, and uh, she's never been. Uh, so so I'm very excited about kind of showing her around, as well as her husband, who is a plus four handicap. Ooh, so wow. <laughs> I'm sure he'll make his way around. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that'll be fun in August. Uh, but, but yeah, I'm definitely going to the PGA Championship and uh, might go to the Open. So excited about that international, that potential for international travel again. Yeah. So, you know, what's funny about, you know, golf trips is the moment you get back from one, your thought just turns to wins the next one. And I mean, like I can hear it in your Absolutely. voice. You're like, you're like, man, I get to go to Bandon soon. And I mean, you, you said it, you've been every year since 2013 and it's like taking new people. It's this whole feeling of, of, I get to show them this and show them to the bunker bar. And, you know, you get to go on 14 T at trails and all that stuff. It's, 
it really is showing the other people it is almost as much fun as you getting to experience it again because you know how much they're going to love it. I mean, nobody leaves Bannon going, eh. No, no, no one. <laughs> and you can go again and again and have different experiences. Uh, it'll never get old for me. You know, making that turn on four at Bandon Dunes and seeing the water there for the first time is just awesome. Uh, climbing up number seven at Old Mac. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's a great place. Uh, but I will say that Scotland is another level of awesome and, you know, fascinating because it has that history. Um, and if you're at all interested in that history or, you know, care about it, then there's no place that's going to touch it. Yeah, it's 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 just, it, again, it's the coolest. I mean, being in the city of St. Andrews is like my heaven. Oh. I mean, every time I'm there, I'm just, it's just yeah. soaking it in. I didn't realize that the city of St. Andrews is 100% a golf town. It's yeah, golf it's, golf everything's city. golf. Yeah, it's, it, I, I should have known that, but it really didn't hit me until I was there. It was so cool. Yeah, everywhere you so walk, you see. where are you, you going then? Uh, you know, I was. It was funny. I was just thinking about. So I've never done Ireland in my life. I've never done an Irish golf trip, and I really want to plan one. Um, I, I'm not. I'm with you. I mean, I've been to Scotland a few times, and I think I'm going to try to pick a couple other places before. Uh, I think Ireland is is in the cards. I think it's something that I want to do, and I, and I do want to go to to Stream Song soon and, and check out the Gil Hans one there. I want to see Black and just see what it's like. But you know, yeah. I, this, the summer's a little busy. I mean, I still got a whole bunch of the USGA stuff, but. I want to start at least thinking Ireland, maybe in, in, in 19 or 20 or something, and just trying to figure something out with, with I, I think that the group number we had was great. I think eight is, is a perfect number with the right people. So uh, that's that's at least what, what's what's on the back of my mind right now. But who knows? You, you never know. Tomorrow somebody might email me and say, hey, you want to go to Scotland in two weeks? And I go, yeah, I could fit that in the schedule. We'll see. That, that's yeah, the key about not having kids and dogs. <laughs> if you don't have a kid or a dog, you can just get up and go. It doesn't matter. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Ashley, I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thanks again for the trip. Uh, you can, of course, if you don't already, follow Ashley on all the social media channels at Ashley K. Mayo, make sure you put the K in there. And Ashley, I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Shane. Many thanks to Ashley Mayo for jumping on the Clubhouse Pod. As I mentioned, crazy to me that she's never been on before. But, you know, it, it, they just they just pile up. You know, you just don't really realize it. Many thanks to everyone involved on that trip to Scotland. Visit Scotland, Rue McDonald. Everyone that helped out, the, the, the Lynx trusted St. Andrews for getting us that tea time uh, in the middle of the day. Couldn't ask for better weather. A lot of fun to play. Uh, a lot of fun to play it downwind the way we got the old course. I mean, you know, normally you'll get maybe get a side, maybe a crosswind, or you'll get it pounding you on the front. But I feel like later in the day, the winds tend to, to subside, and they didn't. So we got to play, you know, 16, 17, 18 straight downwind, which is really fun because, I mean, it makes those holes a, a heck of a lot easier. So, Many thanks to everyone that that just basically helped us out on the trip. It's uh, it, it's a lot of fun, and of course to our driver Colin, who is now my second time he's had to drive me around um, Scotland. He is uh, he's unbelievable. He's one of my favorite um, really people to deal with, and and one of the more generous people that you'll ever meet, especially if you ever take a trip across the pond to go play golf in Scotland. So many thanks to everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and subscribing and subscribing to that newsletter. And a big thanks to OGO, of course. I mentioned it. I took that serious bag with me, 3.2 pounds, extremely light, easy to carry, great straps, great pockets. And to me, it's exactly what I would want in a carry bag and a, and a golf bag for the summer because you just can't lug around a big old heavy golf bag right now. It's just not fun. It's not fun to do that when you're in your shorts and you're sweating. You need something light. The serious bag is the best one out there. 3.2 pounds. I've mentioned that a couple times. That's because that's really light. I can't believe it. I can't believe 
there's as much pocket space as there is for a golf bag that weighs that much. But uh, just a reminder, one last time, FS1 on Thursday, Friday for the U.S. Women's Open, and then Big Fox over the weekend, 2-7, to seven, all four days. We're here in New Jersey. We're excited about it. All the big names are here. Biggest event in women's golf, and we are excited to bring it to you. Hope you guys have a great weekend, and check back next week as we get prepared for the Open Championship.